Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Halloween weekend. For all of our listeners, this is Catfish on Ice, episode 155. With your host, Chad Minton, we are part of the Hockey Podcast Network and presented by DraftKings, promo code THPN, as we recap the huge, massive win for the slumping Nashville Predators, just like in a boxing match. They get up off the mat and are not throwing in the towel. Too early in the season to be thinking that nonsense. We talked about that in episode 154, and I even called my shot in episode 154 and said, look, I expect a very heated, highly intense performance from the Predators. They did not let me live that prediction down. They beat the St. Louis Blues 6-2. to two. It certainly did not start out that way. For a, for a good first half of this game, it felt like the Predators were heading into all-time franchise worst territory in terms of losing streaks. They were already on a five-game losing streak. We have talked about this for the last couple episodes. It was not only that you're losing five games in a row, but it was the way your team is losing. Giving up multi-goal third-period leads, falling apart defensively, giving up these massive odd man rushes to hang UC Soros out to dry, or Kevin Lincoln in out to dry for that matter. Uh, of course, taking all the trips to the penalty box, not being able to connect on the power play, not seeing your top core veteran talent producing offensively. All these things you throw into a big bucket, and that's why the frustration was boiling over going up in this, what you would call one of the most, it, this early in the season, games don't get more important than this game that we watched on Thursday night against the St. Louis Blues. We are going to recap that ep- that game tonight in episode 155 as the Predators get their just their third win of the season everybody only their third win their other two wins were against the San Jose Sharks which no one came away impressed by that really so this was a big win for the psyche moving forward as we're going to run out of excuses to say it's still early in the season here coming up very soon and so this win was just huge for the psyche here not so much for the standings the standings are still jumbled up it's still early But for the psyche of this team, this game was as important as you can get going up against a division rival. And what do you know? They send the St. Louis Blues to a three-game losing streak of their own with this 6-2 win. We're going to recap the game, talk about some turning points in the game, talk about some players that really, really stood out. There's plenty to choose from there. We're going to talk about John Hines and how his big gamble with the lineup combinations, they paid off. It was a big topic of conversation going into the game. We're going to really go into all the different decisions he made with this lineup as the Predators. They had a four-day break coming off their previous loss to the uh, Philadelphia Flyers last weekend. So a good four-day break while the St. Louis Blues, 
They were on the back end of a back-to-back. So not an easy scenario. And it was one of those situations where the Predators had to take advantage of it. And they did. Give them all the credit. We are also going to talk about how the veterans finally showed up. That's Philip Forsberg, Roman Yossi, Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson. Although Ryan Johansson's had a pretty consistent start to the season, but still, I still throw him in that category. They showed up as well. So we got to really dive into what we saw from them in this win over the Blues. Also have to look ahead to the Washington Capitals who are up next. Certainly can't reflect and linger on this win too much because you're still coming off a five-game losing streak. And what do you know? The Dallas Stars and the Colorado Avalanche are gradually creeping their way out of the division here and starting to try to build themselves a lead. I don't see either one of those teams slowing down at all. They are the two creams of the crop of this division by far. The Predators have to keep stringing together some wins here after being on that five-game losing streak to try to keep pace in this division. I've said it going into the season that the goal is to finish in the top three. Avoid the wild card. Avoid having to play the Avalanche in the first round. That's what your goal has to be. Obviously, your goal is to win a Stanley Cup. Your goal is to win the division. Your goal is all of that. But realistically speaking, for me, on the outside looking in, you got to finish in the top three. And to do that, even in these early season games, you got to bury that five-game losing streak quick, string together this really impressive win against the Blues, and we're going we're gonna to preview the Washington Capitals, a very different Washington Capitals team than what we've come to know over the last decade or five years or so. The, the Capitals are a very different team. So we're going we're gonna to preview that, and that's going to be our episode here for Catfish and Ice, episode 155. Thanks again for listening. We will share clips of this episode on our YouTube channel, so stay tuned for that. Go to our YouTube channel if you could and hit the subscribe button, comment on live streams. We live stream at least one episode a week in its entirety, so it's really fun to watch those episodes. And, of course, follow us on Twitter as well, at Catfish Ice. Also, we're on Facebook and we're on Instagram. Give us follows all there. We appreciate it. Let's get into it here. Let's start recapping this game. So, as I alluded to earlier... This game opened up very, very much like a nightmare that's been continuing for the past couple of weeks for this Preds team. They fall behind one nothing once again in the early going of the game. First two minutes of the game, the Predators are already down one nothing on a redirect-style goal, another goal where you just hang your head for UC Saros. What's he supposed to do when you're getting these pinball-style goals? And so you're immediately thinking, how are the Predators going to respond to this? How are they going to react? They're already frustrated. We know that. And now they're already down one nothing in front of the home fans. And it's boiling over. But the Predators stay the course. They stick with it. And eventually, they tie it at one with a Tanner Janot goal. And it's, it ends up being a theme of the entire evening. The Predators were willing to get back to their formula for success, which is really getting sloppy in tight on the goaltender, finding these loose pucks. And it's hard to get goalied, kind of like what Carter Hart did to you against the Flyers. It's hard for that to happen when you're finding loose pucks in close and you're just jabbing them past the goaltender. That's exactly what the Predators did in this scenario here to get on the board as Tanner Janot scores. It was a thing where he just finds the loose puck and he, he scoops up the dirty garbage in there in front of Thomas Grice and – the Predators tie the game. It was a big moment. Uh, 
as the first period was starting to wind down. It's Tanner Janot's third goal of the season. Roman Yossi gets the assist, as does Yakov Trenin on that goal. So a big moment there. We go into the second period. Not about six minutes into the second period, the Blues reclaim the lead on the power play. So the Preds penalty kill fails here. And once again, you're thinking, okay, we're having to come from behind here. We already know that we're in this nightmare. How are we going to come back from this? What are the Predators going to do here? Are they going to fold like they did against the Flyers, even though they did play a good game, analytically speaking, against the Flyers? Are they going to just not be able to get one past Thomas Grice? Are they going to fade away to a six-game losing streak, which is getting close to their worst losing streak since 2013, almost a decade since the Predators got into this type of losing streak. So it was getting ugly. But after about 10 minutes expires in the second period, finally, some unlikely sources come to the rescue for the Predators. Two very unlikely heroes, two fourth-line role players, depth players, get the Predators their first lead of the night. First, you had to tie it at two, and that's where Michael McCarron came in, and he does a very similar style goal as to how Tanner Janot scores. He got in tight there, found a rebound, scores on a backhand to get his first goal of the season, his eighth goal overall as a natural Predator. Michael McCarron, I mean, he he's a lot of people think he just isn't a regular NHL player, and that's a fair assessment. But somehow the guy keeps finding ways to earn himself a really consistent spot on the fourth line of this team. And that's all you can ask for. Uh, you know, he he really stood out in training camp. The coaches had so much positive to say about him. He really stood out on the behind the glass series. He's a big voice in the locker room despite only being a fourth liner and he's of course he's a big physical body which fits this team perfectly uh so him getting in there and using his power forward abilities to score and tie this game at two was like a huge exhale because now you're thinking okay the predators are in this they're not fading into the darkness once again they're not going to go down lightly they are ready to end this losing streak tonight and they, they're facing a really tired St. Louis Blues team that you just had to keep punching them in the mouth. Again, I'm going to go back to the boxing reference. It's like, yeah, you've lost a couple rounds. You're, you've gotten knocked down a few times if you're the Predators recently, but you got to keep tagging the jab. You got to keep wearing down your opponent. And the St. Louis Blues had to be tired. They had to be running out of gas. And you saw that as the game unfolded even though they did jump out to the two to one lead. So the Predators get the equalizer thanks to Michael McCarron's close in rebound goal, backhand goal. And then less than a minute later, another unlikely hero comes in to put the Predators ahead. It's a player that I have touted and been very excited about ever since he was picked up over the offseason. Not because I think he's going to be like some amazing 30, 20 goal scorer or 20, anything like that. But you need players like this in these types of games. And it showed last night with Michael McCarron. And then now Zach Sanford gets his first goal as a Nashville Predator against his former team that he won a Stanley Cup with. Zach Sanford scores the type of goal that you would expect a Connor McDavid to score. That type of wraparound goal. Very just highly skilled, beautiful stuff. He scores on a wraparound to beat Thomas Grice. Gets his first goal as a Nashville Predator. 
less than 60 seconds after McCarron ties the game at two, and suddenly this game is flipped on its head, and it's favoring the Predators, and it's thanks to two fourth-line players who don't even get regular starting time. So big stuff as the depth of this team comes out in a big way to put the team ahead. On the McCarron goal, you got assist from Yossi and Forsberg. On the Zach Sanford goal, Cole Smith gets in on the action here and gets an assist on the wraparound. So the Predators were leading 3-2 to two going into the third period. Let me just say something here. I did not feel – as, as happy as I was watching the game and seeing the Predators up 3-2, to two, I still wasn't very confident because I know that this team has surrendered leads, and I was worried that they were going to do it again. I was slimmest lead you can have, a one-goal lead. And you know the Blues, despite being on the back end of a back-to-back and probably extremely gassed, you know they've got plenty of playmakers, and you know they, they're going to come back strong to get another goal. And the Predators just had to play tight defensively. They had to be smart, and that's exactly what they did. They completely shut the Blues down offensively. In the third period, something that we haven't been able to say much about this Predators team, they had been outscored badly in third periods throughout the season. And the Predators turned this into scoring three goals in this third period to turn the final score into a thumping, a 6-2 to two final score. Ryan Johansson gets the first goal of the third period on a wrister just a little over a minute into the third period to really pad that lead and make you start feeling a lot better about this. But still, it was only a two-goal lead. We've seen the Predators blow a two-goal lead in the third period two times previously. So still wasn't feeling entirely safe there. But seeing Ryan Johansson get his third goal of the season, Philip Forsberg adds another assist to his total. Matt Duchesne gets in on the scoring action with an assist on that goal as well. And then finally, Finally, Roman Yossi gets his first goal of the season. We knew that his offensive drought was not going to last very much longer. If you looked going into this game, and I looked at it pretty closely, Roman Yossi was basically one of the most unlucky offensive players in the league. If you look at all of the analytics out there when it comes to expected goals for and when it comes to all the shots he was getting on net, it was pretty crazy to see the fact that he, despite all – Excuse me, despite all of that, he only had one point going into this game. One point for the player who nearly hit 100 points last season. So we knew that it was eventually going to bounce back his way, and he puts up a three-point night. He scores that goal to put the Predators up 5-2, to two, and then that's when you really felt like, okay, I think we're going to be okay here. And that's exactly – what happened? And then the Mikel Granlin adds the empty netter to make it a six to two final score for the Predators to finally get their first win of the season at Bridgestone Arena. Let the fans calm down a little bit because it's been a freak out mode for a while now. Want to throw a lot of love. We're focused on all the scoring and all the goals. I think it was UC Saros's best game season to date as well. 33 saves on 35 shots faced for a 1.24 goal saved above expected. So he saved a, more than an extra goal from hitting the board. In a game like this where the Predators really broke out offensively, they probably still would have won this game, even if UC Saros wasn't as sharp as he was, which we don't get to say that very often, mind you. Most of the time when the Predators win their games like this, 
we look at UC Soros as the main factor. In this case, he didn't have to be necessarily as good as he ended up being, but it was still nice to see him come out and put together a really, really great game, his best game of the season so far. And for it to come against the Blues, it's great stuff. So that really, if you look at the Central Division now, it's just a jumbled up mess early in the season, just like you would expect. The Predators are tied with the Minnesota Wild with seven points, Winnipeg's at eight points, Chicago's at eight points. And then you've got Dallas leading the division right now with 11 points. Colorado's in second with nine points. St. Louis has only played six games, but they're at six points. And Arizona, they're in last place right now with a two and four record. They've got four points. So big stuff there. The Predators, they just got to stay relevant here. They've got to stay in the middle of this. They couldn't let this five-game losing streak linger anymore. Let's focus on the big lineup gamble that John Hines made going into this game. He didn't just make one minor tweak here. He made multiple tweaks that when I was scanning social media, a lot of people didn't like it. A lot of people were very unsure about some of these decisions he made. Let's start first with the defensive pairings and what he decided to do with that. Obviously, there was a major issue with defensive breakdowns coming into this game, and it was a one of many reasons why the Predators were in a five-game losing streak. So what did John Hines decide to do? He decided to spread out the veteran talent with some of his younger defensive talent and really, really come out with a pretty unique approach. He moves Dante Fabro to the top defensive pairing. Who saw that coming going into the season? Dante Fabro was, was, looked like he was going to be buried on the third pairing. It was going into a demotion into the season. Instead, he's already found his way in the eighth game of the season playing top line minutes with Roman Yossi on the top pairing. So that was a pretty big decision. That moved Ryan McDonough, your big major offseason acquisition that many people were saying, okay, this is the move the Predators are making to be postseason relevant again. You move him to the third pairing to protect Jeremy Lazan. It's a lot of what people are thinking from that is you put a really trusted veteran with Jeremy Lazan, and I think it worked out really great. I thought that defensively speaking, the Predators were really firing on all cylinders despite the sloppy start and giving the Blues the quick lead. They played the course, they played the full 60 minutes, and you saw how it ended up on the scoreboard. That meant the second pairing was Matias Ekholm, and, you know, that's going to be his normal spot there. And then Alexander Carrier, of course, on there with Matias Ekholm. So I like the way they do that. I think they need to keep those pairings rolling against the Capitals and see if you can find yourself a very trustworthy and consistent formula for your defensive pairings. I don't think Ryan McDonough has any problem with playing wherever he's needed. He's a he's a team first type of guy. And when you look at the time on ice uh, from all of your defensemen, they all played heavy minutes in this game. So don't really need to focus too much on who's on what pairing. It's all about making the right combinations here to make your team best from top to bottom. That's what John Hines did. He had a healthy scratch for Ellie Tolvanen for the first time this season. That's a pretty major development there because I don't think Ellie Tolvanen's been all that bad. You know, we were seeing him on the second line for a little bit with Nita Ryder and Johansson. I thought he looked pretty good there. But again, John Hines felt that it was very, very necessary to make some serious lineup decisions here. And I think what rubbed people the wrong way 
and I can get on board with this is you're going to healthy scratch Ellie Tolvanen for a Cole Smith or, you know, that or a Zach Sanford for that matter. That's where people were jumping off ship a little bit is how are you going to leave an offensively talented power play specialist who hasn't looked that bad this season and Ellie Tolvanen out of the lineup for a Cole Smith. That's why I called it a really bold lineup decision that John Hines decided to make here. And it pays off for him for one game. It's just one game. But for one game, he looks like the smartest man in the room by making this decision. We will have to wait and see here. Does that mean Ellie Tolvanen shifts back into the lineup here on Saturday? Or are we not going to see Ellie Tolvanen for a little bit? And I've I've already said this over the offseason, just speculating, just looking way ahead in the future. Ellie Tolvanen could become a trade piece this season if for some reason he just can't find a consistent spot in this lineup because there are plenty of teams out there, especially younger rebuilding teams, who would love to take on an Ellie Tolvanen and they would offer up some decent assets to get him as part of their rebuild. So keep an eye on that. How long is Ellie Tolvanen going to be out for as a healthy scratch? Is this going to become a regular occurrence or was this just a jolt of energy to get something sparking and then they're going to put Ellie Tolvin back in eventually, uh, maybe as soon as Saturday against the Capitals. That is something that is all over my radar. Then, of course, they move Cody Glass into the top six. I don't think anybody was really upset about that. Everyone's been clamoring for that. He gets into the top six. And, you know, the thing about Cody Glass is you want to elevate him as much as you can and see what he can see what he can shoulder, see if he can handle it because – he has really taken every opportunity he's been given in stride. All the constructive criticism that he's taken, including being sent down to the Milwaukee Admirals all last season, he has taken it in stride. And so now you move him to the top six, and he wasn't a liability up there at all. He looked really good. He didn't score a goal or anything like that, but he looked comfortable there, and he fits in well. So I expect him to stay in that top six for a while. I don't see any reason why you don't keep him up there for the foreseeable future and see if you can really get something cooking here with that top six by inserting Cody Glass in there. Moving Mikel Granlin to the wing was an interesting decision. So your two top line centers are Cody Glass and Ryan Johansson. Interesting stuff. I like it. I like the creativity. I like thinking outside the box. I don't want to be stuck in this box where you have a coach that refuses to make adjustments. And so as much criticism as John Hines is getting, I like the fact that he was open-minded here and he took some chances going into this game. And now, he, like I said, he looks like the smartest man in the room, at least for one game. But obviously we have to go further than just one game. All right, I want to find some quotes here from the team's website following this big-time win here. Again, episode 155, reaction episode here of the Predators beating the St. Louis Blues 6-2 to two to get back in the win column, their first win in North America of the season. Their first two wins were both in Prague, and they get their first win in front of the Bridgestone Arena crowd. So good stuff there. It's fine. It's like getting your, it's like getting that monkey off your back. You know, you got to get that first win. Uh, speaking to that, the captain, Roman Yossi, told the team's official website, quote, it's a big, big win for us. I thought that we started well. They got on the board first, and we had some adversity in the second period and penalties too, but we did a good job fighting back and we definitely needed that one. I've seen the frustration very, very heavily on Roman Yossi's face. And normally he is a pretty cool, calm and collected type of player, but you could see the frustration on his face over these last five games. And 
especially that game against Philly was hard to watch because the team dominated all of the offensive scoring chances and the Flyers kind of played keep away style. And then you get goalied by Carter Hart. So this four day break was a great chance for them. You know, you saw the tweets about ramping up the intensity level at practice and all of that. I didn't care about that. I want to see it produced in a game. That's what they did here uh, to their credit. Uh, Michael McCarron, the big guy who scored the tying goal in the second period to make it two to two. He said, tonight we came out really hard and tried to play physical, play in the dirty areas. We got a lot of goals around the net tonight. Greasy goals. I love that term. Greasy, greasy goals. And those are the kinds of goals that are going to get you out of a slump. I totally 110% agree with that from Michael McCarron. You've got, this is how this team is built. This is their formula. Their formula for success is not being the Colorado Avalanche and trying to be this finesse, cute, fancy team. It doesn't mean they don't have some playmakers who can score those types of goals every now and then. I mean, Zach Sanford did it yesterday. But, um, you know, Matt Duchesne can score those goals occasionally. Mike Mikel Granlin's a finesse player. Ryan Johansson can get fancy. Of course, of course, Philip Forsberg can score the really, really fancy highlight reel style goals. Roman Yossi can do those types of things as well. But for the most part, that's not the formula of success for this team. This team has to be the hardest working team on the ice to win. Whereas there are some other teams who have so much elite offensive talent that sometimes they don't have to be the hardest working team. They can just let their offensive talent just override everything else. I don't necessarily think the Predators are that type of team. They got to win in other areas, including the dirty areas like Michael McCarron. Uh, is talking about with his quote to the team's website. And then finally, what Tanner Janot had to say here, we know that's one thing we're good at. We're a big forward group so we can get in front of the goalie's eyes. So we made an emphasis to get in front of the goalie's eyes so we could get those rebounds that came out. That is such a great game plan, and they need to bottle that up and take it to every game they play tonight or play this season because more times than not, that is how they're going to win games this season is by bottling up what they did against the Blues in terms of putting goals past goaltenders is you got to look for those loose pucks, those loose rebounds, because firing away pucks way outside – Way outside, low percentage, easy to see the puck. You know, there's so many goalies in this league that are – it's just those are layups. You're giving the goalie layups. All you're doing is padding their safe percentage. So, I like that the Predators forced Thomas Grice, a backup goalie, who has not had any historical success against the Predators. Um, I like how they really got in his grill and, and made it not easy. And they need to do that to every goaltender. Some goaltenders are elite and they're better than others. They don't spit out the rebounds and they're going to force you to think in other ways to score. But it's still their best formula to win a lot of games in this league is by scoring goals the way they did. So good stuff there from the team when it comes to that. And then, of course, the guy who put the team ahead at 3-2, to Zach Sanford, who won the Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues in 2019 and actually scored some pretty significant points in that playoff run. He says on his wraparound goal, I was just trying to get some space to get around the net, and I saw I had a little room on the other side. I think my first reaction was just to take it to the net hard. I think that's the kind of that's the, the kind of our line's identity. Is There's that word again, identity. That's the, our line's identity is to be harder on the net. So good quotes there from the Preds. As they move forward, and now we're going to shift our attention to previewing the Washington Capitals. Before we do that, I'm going to tell you about DraftKings. DraftKings is the official 
betting partner of the NHL, and it's finally hockey fans. It's finally time to hit the ice again, and thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. So we got the Preds-Capitals matchup up here. If you're feeling confident that the Preds can keep this thing rolling, take advantage of beating a Capitals team that we're about to talk about here, then you can throw down $5. And if the Predators get another win, you will win $200 in free bets. That's all you got to do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays, combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please see our show notes below the episode. If you have a gambling price crisis, need gambling help, there are contact information for how you can seek out help. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. DraftKings, promo code THPN, get in on the action. Let's go ahead and preview the Washington Capitals, a team that is not the same Washington Capitals team that we've come to know over the years. Yes, they still have Alex Ovechkin, who, by the way, just passed another really historical milestone Alex Ovechkin just passed Gordy Howe for second on the all-time game-winning goals list, and he only trails Yarmir Yager by 14 to pass that all-time legend. Um, that's it's going to come down to the wire. I don't know how much more uh, Ovechkin has left in the tank, but currently he's still leading the Capitals in points for this early point in the season. So my money is he's going to come up really close to doing that. But – Either way, even though they still have Alex Ovechkin, they still have John Carlson, they still got an aging TJ Oshie, they've got some familiar faces, but for the most part, this team is not nearly as offensively deadly as they used to be, but they're still a quality team that obviously you can't overlook. On paper, I'll say it again, I think the Predators should probably slightly be favored against the Capitals, especially at home. But we all know it never works out that way necessarily. So this is a big game here for the psyche once again because if you if you go into the Capitals game and you put out put up another dud, no one's going to care, including myself, what you did against St. Louis. This is, you can't just have one really good strong showing, even against a team like the St. Louis Blues, and then turn around and lose to I what I call a very average at best Capitals team. They're average at best, and their NHL rankings so far, statistical rankings early in the season, really show that. The Capitals, they're 21st in goals per game. They're 22nd in goals against per game, 18th in the power play. When's the last time the Capitals were that shaky on the power play? You think of the Capitals, and you think of Ovechkin, and you think of Oshie, and you think of some of their other guys, and you think they're just going to feast on the power play. Well, not so far this year. They are 19th in the penalty kill. They're 26th in shots on goal per game. So very average at best, and they're in the bottom half of the league in all of those key statistical categories. On the flip side, the Predators don't look too great in those categories either. The Predators, even after putting up six goals against the Blues, they're still only 26th in the league right now in goals per game. Uh, they're 19th in goals against per game. The Preds are 28th in the power play. I got to feel like that number is going to shoot way up, though. As the season rounds out and 
and you start gradually getting more realistic numbers here, I think that it's going to return to the mean. And I think the Predators will get back in the top half of the league in the power play eventually. But it's going to take some time because they got they started off so slow on the power play. But I think eventually they will not be 28th. They will climb back up there. The Preds are actually ninth in the penalty kill, which is huge because they we know how they love to commit so many penalties. And then the Predators are 20th in the league in shots on goal per game. So the Capitals, yeah, they're not the same team as they used to be. They are very average at best right now. They're not overly impressive at all. They don't have any impressive wins yet on their resume. They do have four wins, but they're against very low-end talent. They beat Vancouver. They've beaten New Jersey. They beat L.A. by one, and they beat the Montreal Canadiens. However, the Capitals and their four losses are all against to really quality teams. So they lost to Dallas. That's their latest loss. They lost 2-0 in a shutout loss to Dallas. They lost to Toronto. They lost to Ottawa, and they've lost to Boston. So they, they're, they're really strong opposition. They've lost those games. They're more average at best or very middle-of-the-road teams that they've played. Yeah, they've gotten some wins against those teams. So I, I just call the Capitals a very middle-of-the-road team. We don't know yet. It remains to be seen if the Predators are also going to end up being a very average to mediocre team. Too early to say that. But I will say, what scares me about this game the most, going up against the Capitals, is they got Darcy Kemper, and he is a very streaky and flashy goaltender. And if the Predators don't come out with the same type of intensity and hardworking net front uh presence against Darcy Kemper, then they it could be a repeat of what we saw against the Flyers and Carter Hart. I could see Darcy Kemper completely stonewalling the Predators' offensive attack and sending us into another really infuriating loss where maybe the Predators get a lot of offensive chances. They, get, they win the shots on goal battle. Maybe they even win the power play battle and, and stop the Capitals from connecting on the power play. But if Darcy Kemper decides to come out and have – one of those streaky great games that he likes to have every now and then that could spell trouble for this Predators team on Saturday and they could be right back in the loss column. So we gotta we gotta look out for that. That means that the Preds power play, if they do get plenty of power play opportunities, they gotta connect on a couple of those. I do think the Capitals are a team that will still get a few goals to their own respect. I'll, I'll be interested to see uh, because we've already seen that John Hines is willing to start Kevin Lincoln and even if it's not a back to back. So will we see UC Soros come uh, on Saturday to see if he can repeat probably his best performance of the season so far against St. Louis? Or will we see Kevin Lankinen back in there? I don't know the answer to that. That's going to be something that we're going to have to wait and see on Saturday as the game gets closer. But um, if, I, if I was John Hines, I would roll with UC Soros. I'm rolling with the guy who – just had a great game, and I want to keep him in that groove. You hear from goalies all the time that you got to get in a groove. You don't want to have spot starts. You don't want to be an inconsistent starter. And I, although I know that they brought Kevin Lankin in so that UC Soros doesn't get overworked throughout the season, in this particular scenario, you've got a day off between games. You just had four days off before that. I'm starting UC Soros on Saturday. I'm trying to keep him in that groove after he just put up a 33-save performance and made some really critical saves on the Blues to keep the game at a really wide margin. And early in the game, keeping the Blues from jumping out to an even bigger lead, keeping it just a one-goal lead for the Blues until the Predators could finally start poking some pucks past 
Thomas Grice. So I'm, I'm keeping UC Saros in for Saturday against the Capitals, if you ask me. But I would expect to see Darcy Kemper um, with the Capitals start against the Predators. Kemper's having average numbers so far this year, 2.89 G- goals against average and just a .903 save percentage. So very ordinary, very basic. So that game is on Saturday back at Bridgestone Arena. The Preds really need to string together a two, three, or four-game winning streak here for us to really, really help us forget about the five-game losing streak. You can wipe a lot of that away by stringing together at least two or three wins in a row. Try to even get yourself a point streak. Even if you're not finishing with a W, you got to pile up some points here in the standings. Stay relevant in this division race that's going to be extremely jumbled up for a while and set yourself apart so that you can really be in good action going into November. This is a very winnable game against the Capitals here. I know it's not the same Capitals team that we saw in the past. I don't think they're they, they could miss the playoffs this year. They just they're not overly impressive to me. The, the Washington Capitals aren't. But we'll get to see Alex Ovechkin possibly for the last time at Bridgestone Arena. So if you're going to the game, make sure you you watch that. You get some photos of, of Ovechkin. Let's see if he continues on his march to be the all-time leading goal scorer. Let's hope it doesn't come against the Predators. I'd rather him just not score against the Predators. And then he can go on and do, do his own thing after that. But that game's on Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Again, this has been episode 155 of Catfish on Ice with your host, Chad Minton. Reaction episode of the Preds beating the St. Louis Blues 6-2. A big response win from the, from the team there. And we just previewed the Capitals game as well coming up on Saturday. Again, go to our YouTube channel and hit the subscribe button. Comment on the live stream. Catch live episode stream. Follow us on Twitter at Catfish Ice. We are presented by DraftKings from THPN part of the Hockey Podcast Network as well. Thank you for joining me. We hope you have a great weekend. Have a great Halloween, which is coming up on Monday. We will have a brand new episode at the beginning of next week with my co-hosts Rich Howe and Kyle Perkins joining me for that episode and that full live stream on the YouTube channel next week for episode 156. Everyone stay safe this Halloween weekend. Enjoy it, and we will see you next week.